Hi, and welcome to the Pleasure for Health podcast, the space where we talk about topics related to intimacy, relationships, desire, and of course, pleasure. I'm your host, Ailsa Kepi, a somatic sex educator, therapist, and a lifelong student of the body-mind-spirit connection. You can find out more about me and my programs and services on my website, www.pleasureforhealth.com. Welcome to this week's episode. Today, we're going to dive into the uh, intense emotions around sex that come up. And, uh, you know, this, this came up in a, in a writing I did a, a couple of years ago about the idea that we tend to equate high intense, you know, intense emotional states with erotic, you know, states. So high arousal and intense emotion go together. And, you know, I, I, I sort of wanted to kind of look at the idea that people that are, are raised as, as males, you know, as men, um, you know, our, our culture has unfortunately still kind of forbidden men to have much real emotion, you know, it's shut down usually very early on, you know, boys don't cry, don't, you know, don't be, uh, you know, a sissy or whatever. And this shutting down of, of their emotion has has led a lot of men to categorize uh, and, and box up intense emotional states only with the physical act of sex, which is when they can let out some of their pent up kind of intimate longings. And, you know, when we we wonder why then that, uh, you know, at, at a certain point, men are finding it very difficult to connect their uh, arousal, their physical arousal with any type of emotional connection. <clears throat> and, you know, we've kind of trained them not to do that in a way. And I've worked with many men and underneath their initial drive to be physically pleasured, which is usually what, you know, what they're looking for when they first look for some type of sex coaching they're looking for basically how do i get off better how do i have more pleasure you know in my genital area but underneath that when you when you begin to work with them there's this deep-seated desire of you know wanting to to be emotionally connected and you know having some uh, feelings about you know themselves and the other person and you know right immediately after they get in touch with that type of softer feeling of connection, often it brings up shame and self-doubt immediately. And so it's very, very challenging to work with men or, or even for them to work with themselves in this way. So maybe that's enough of a preamble. I'm sure you're, you're just aching to dive in here <laughs> with, with your male perspective. But you know, give us a little bit of a, a a sense of, you know, does that ring true in your body? Yeah, it rings true in my body, and you know, I was I'm a, you know, <laughs> you know, white European descent and 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 you know, Christian, you know, Catholic specifically, so. And that's, you know, the culture that I grew up in. And so I did, I saw it all around me and it was kind of like the elephant in the room that, that, 
you know, we kind of talked about it, but it was a jokingly kind of a thing. And, and especially in, I chose a male, you know, a, a career, a profession that, were, that was dominated by, by men. And, uh, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't talked about, but everybody, yeah, the elephant in the room is a classic, uh, cliche that describes it so well, because we all had a sense of something not being right, but nobody really talked about it. It was very strange. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing, you know, all the crude jokes that go around at a work site typically. So it wasn't about not talking about sex, but it was more not talking about the connection or the desire or the emotional states that might arise around sex. Would that, would that be true? That's right. It's just talking about the physical act. The physical act and most often in a joking kind of a manner or a or a, a kind of a a power over kind of a manner like a, a domineering kind of a, a manner yeah i feel like i mean that's a big part of of objectifying okay. the other you know in that you can't connect to a woman or a man or you know uh, typically I imagine in your field it was you had to be also heterosexually minded when you were you know but you couldn't have a an actual caring or emotional connection with this you know you had to kind of distance yourself emotionally and almost objectify women would you say that would be uh, what you're talking about yeah yeah yeah, somewhat. Yeah, it is very, very interesting because, of course, you know, when the boys are together and the, and the, the, the wives or the girlfriends or their partners aren't around, there's a certain way that that's um, kind of a theme. It's not obviously a blanket statement, 100% like this, but most often it was like that. And then, but we, everybody knows that when you're alone with your partner you you know if you're a man and you have a wife if you're alone with your wife as a man you, you, there's there's of course there has to be caring there has to be some sort of something uh you know the human connection kind of a thing so yeah but so everybody kind of knows and then that gets joked about too oh you you give your wife flowers <laughs> you know yeah i feel like there's this um uh, this fear of being outed, you know, if you're around your wife and you actually show a caring side or, or she knows that you have this tenderness in you, that she's somehow got this power over you that she might out you in, in the world. And that would be a dangerous thing. Yeah, very, very interesting indeed. So, you know, how do you feel like, um, you know, what I notice what, when men come in for, for as clients, you know, what it shows up as, funnily enough, is actually dysfunctions in their physical ability to have sex. You know, it begins to affect their, uh, uh, their ability to get erections or, or to, you know, to um, enjoy the, the actual physical act. So, you know, it's kind of like it comes around and bites you in the ass, you know, in, in the sense of, you know, we're denying that the the pleasure and the intimacy and the act of sex could be something that you could open your heart to in the end it ends up cutting off 
mm-hmm. any any pleasure at all. Yeah, I think you know, referencing a a, a previous uh, talk that we did about a conversation that we had about the whole somatic thing and the body doesn't lie. It's like, yeah, that's the body's mechanism telling you that, you know, something's not right. Mm. Like, in your desire to connect or in with this individual in a, in a certain way that may not be wholesome or it may not be, uh, it, it may be pleasurable in a fleeting kind of a way, but it's not... Uh, pleasurable in a in a connecting kind of a of a joining with kind of a way with that other it's more kind of of a of a leeching kind of a, a thing and uh, that you know the body's saying something oh the, if the man can't get an erection then oh what's happening something's happening like or not happening mm-hmm. so that's the body's mechanism telling you something you know you have to change something do something differently yeah and I think what what I've noticed is that men you know they notice this of course they notice it and they're deeply ashamed of the fact that they no longer can maybe get an erection or or having issues with with having sex as often or or these types of things and yet they can't get past the idea that oh it must just be I'm not with the right woman or she's not got the right ass or I need to look for you know uh, I look at pornography or I need to find some other way to to get back to what you know what I'm used to and not deal with the pain of my own shame about needing needing Hmm. you know and as a man what does that say about you when you actually need another person I think we you know as a society haven't allowed men to um, haven't allowed men to have those kinds of needs without shaming them so you know have you noticed ever in your own interactions that drop into shame that comes up when you feel a, a desire to be connected with emotionally with people yeah you know and it's it, it is it is highly complex and, and, you know, if you, if you don't have, uh, if you didn't have good mentors, you know, in your formative years, it can also be diff- very difficult to recognize, you know, even after the fact when, when you recognize the feeling of, of, you know, depression or low energy or leth- lethargy or whatever, whatever it is lack of of interaction or whatever that is you notice that the effects that it has on the body but you don't necessarily understand um the cause you kind of know what what um actions caused it but you don't necessarily understand all of the dynamics involved and that was in my experience and i think that I think that this also holds true for many, for many men, young men, you know, men in general, really, um, that are heterosexual. And, and, you know, I don't really know much about the the homosexual males, but 
or how, how the, that desire translates to lo loving a, a man as a man in that way. So my experience is, you know, pretty heter heterosexual in my adult years. And to, to be able to recognize um, in the moment what it is, it, it needs to be worked on. It needs to be training. And maybe some individuals do have it naturally because of their upbringing and whatever culture they were in and all that. Maybe they do have that naturally. I, I didn't. And I think a lot, a lot of men in my, that were brought up in, in my, in a similar way that I was brought up also have this is that, wow, it takes training. It takes practice. You got to work on it, you know? And like you said, this is why people are coming to you. People are coming to educators, sex educators and coaches to, because they know something's not working and mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're looking, but they don't know what it is or they kind of know what it is. And it's basically right there in front of them within them. They're experiencing it. it moment mm -hmm. to moment but they're like what is this yeah well I, it's interesting because i i've had a, a a number of men sort of reach out you know wanting and realizing too they're like i need a, a a wiser woman you know to kind of guide me in this sexual pleasuring you know path and and that's gonna fix me and they they almost know but then the surrender to the feminine is just beyond what they can you know follow through with because it feels so much like a, a you know a putting down of everything that they've learned is a masculine trait is you know power over is objectifying is you know so even within themselves to just surrender to their own longing for connection and for emotional intimacy is is almost too much for you know what they could what they can even fathom so yeah i've had i've had men reach out and and say you know i need i need a woman for this but then they fall straight back into the trap of just wanting the physical pleasure to be the place where they can try to have some feeling instead of you know a deeper connection yes and we've also talked about this on on other episodes about the the self-pleasuring which is i think is important i'm going to come back to that in a moment one thing that i um i'd like to talk about a bit more is about the surrendering i feel like yes it, it, it would be very difficult for 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 many men would find it difficult to surrender you know to the to a woman basically or, or the feminine principle or however you want to call that so i feel like if that can be something that can be cultivated within and work on the, the dynamic of the, the masculine feminine principle within the individual, within the, then it can be more harmoniously expressed in an outward expression when there's actually another person there for you. So I think many, what happens with many sex coaching um, engagements is that I feel like a great place to begin is self-pleasure practice a self-pleasure practice you know and for men especially 
men over 40, it's, it's incredibly important to learn how to, you know, not ejaculate. It's really, really important. I think there's a, a wisdom in what you're saying and in, in that a man, a man could learn to surrender to his own feminine side within himself, perhaps, and that would just, you know, kind of go outward to his relationships. The, 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 the interesting thing to me is how do, how does a man learn? I mean, in a way, it's almost as difficult in, within yourself as it is more, with, maybe more difficult maybe more difficult within yourself so how does a man begin to recognize even that feminine place within his own body so the, this is the difficult part so because there's if there's not a, an understand if there's not a recognition of something or a rec, you know recognizing something that needs to be worked on it's very difficult to work on it so yes it has to be acknowledged that there's something to work on and uh, it doesn't necessarily have to start with a self-practice. It could actually start with surrendering, as you say, to another person. But then I feel like it would have to bounce back and become something that, oh, how can I, how can I take what I learned in relationship with this other person and work on a similar dynamic within myself? And then work on that dynamic with myself and then come back for a next session and say, oh, this is what I've been working on on my own. Can we expound on that during our sessions? And then each interaction with an individual, with, with another person in the flesh or I guess online now these days, which it seems more and more common, can and, and has to, in my opinion, inform the solo practice. Mm -hmm. And then it goes back and forth. So each thing has to be practiced as a thing on its own. And then they can come together. And that's where I feel that where they, those things interface is where, is where, some, where some things can be understood and experienced in the body that weren't, that were hard to grasp, you know, before or on your own. Yeah, and I'm 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 loving what you're saying, and I'm I'm kind of trying to kind of understand how to shape a practice for someone, and and what comes to me, see what you think of this idea, would be to. You know, in your solo practice or in your partnership of of sex, allow that there could be more variety or or breadth of different emotions involved in that interaction. Such that. You know, sex isn't just about being aggressive, which, you know, it often kind of has an aggressive, angry feel if, if men have only ever been allowed to, you know, if fear and sadness can be, you know, the only acceptable expression is anger, you know, then that comes out whenever they're feeling vulnerable, you know, so that their sex performance becomes an aggressive act. You know, if they began to allow that, what if I was sad when I was being intimate? What if I was feeling joyful? What if I was feeling afraid? What if I was feeling ecstatic? You know, could we allow those different emotional states to begin to infuse our connections? You know, what do you think of that as a, a, as a beginning or? Yeah. I, I feel like that would be a difficult thing for a lot of uh, men 
<laughs> to take on. Absolutely, it feels like a, a, a very um, you know fe- feminine way to approach it, and I think it's a great. It's a, I think it's a great thing and would reap many benefits to, you know, almost every anybody who, who who were to do something like that. The thing is, is is to work on it in in a way, and you know, we talked about this also before. Is like, you know, creating a container, creating a safe container, because you have to be in that, you know, rest and digest. Mm-hmm. A state in order for any of this kind of work to take hold in the body if you're in the if you're in the fight or flight uh mode it, it's it's not going to take it's there's going to be you know that that fight and, mm-hmm. and so many of us are, are like in that mode a lot of the time <laughs> that mm-hmm. it, it's difficult to to switch gears so yeah you need to create that that safe container initially, which is which can also be a, a really great starting point if that's something that's recognized. So oh, we need to be in the rest and digest mode. Well, how do we get there? Maybe that can be the, the starting point. Let's get there first mm-hmm. and learn how to be there and learn how to recognize that state. And then maybe I can bring that state to other my other tasks or or yeah or, or to other emotional states yeah my, of course <laughs> maybe that is a a feminine way to approach it well how would you as a man um you know maybe sex is often you know even biologically not a safe thing to be doing like if you're in the wild as an you know caught having sex it's a dangerous <laughs> position to find yourself in uh you know if there's a predator <laughs> there so I think, you know, biologically, we're kind of wired to be hidden with that and, and, you know, it on alert, perhaps. So, yeah, you mentioned creating a safe space. Is there anything that comes to mind to help to, to uh, you know, men particularly, but all people to kind of relax into that place where not only could you be in a vulnerable sexual position but you're also in a vulnerable emotional you know state or or nervous system state of being not on the alert so mm-hmm. that's a lot of <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah good point i think some people you know ha- have it naturally as we kind of touched on earlier on another thread is like some people are just naturally like that because of their upbringing and and, and all of that and their genetics and all this and but many of us are are not able to do that. So it has to be, I feel, it has to be, it has to be learned. It has to be taught. It, ha- it has to be a practice. It's something that needs to be nourished. It's like a plant that grows. If there's, if there's no nutrients in the soil, the plant, it might grow. If there's water, but it won't grow big and strong if there's not enough the right blend of nutrients in the soil and and, you know there's many factors so it's something that needs to be you know tai chi yoga or classics like this is this is something that that, that's uh as a daily practice at least helps you to potentially you know recognize that that place that the place of safety which is so necessary it is necessary 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just want to mention, I mean, this is an, a bit of another topic, but something that recently came into my awareness was the fact that, you know, in some ways, if we are able to even get in a, a place of safe nervous system state, you know, in order to be able to experience more pleasure, that we are, you know, in a um, privileged position and that many people of different colors or races or may not ever have experienced a, a feeling of safety in their lives. And I just wanted to acknowledge that that's, that is something to be reckoned with in this whole thing is that to be incredibly grateful if we if we find even a, a, a small opening of safety that might allow us to to enjoy pleasure, connection and intimacy on a deeper level. So perhaps a, a topic for another time, but uh, we will we'll leave it there for now. Hope this has brought something, some nugget for you to consider in your pleasure practice. so much for joining me today on the pleasure for health podcast if you enjoyed today's show please share it with your friends and loved ones let's discover and celebrate more pleasure together